You are now turned into the dopest college radio station. UCM the beat. Keep it locked. U C M the beat. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to UCM the beat. For 30 minutes of Thrive, I am Ben Avery. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Noah Lanson. Noah was one of my classmates last year. He was in Advanced Multicam with me. Without further ado, let's get into the interview. So Noah, thanks for being here today. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I, and, you know, I was really excited when I heard that, you know, you wanted me to be on your show. And I can't, I'm more than happy to be on here. And, and thanks for letting me talk with you today. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. How was your Thanksgiving? You know, it was good. I uh, I got to hang out with my family, my mom, uh, uh, my mom and Troy, and then my brother and Christy, which is his significant other. And then we went over to a family friend of ours who's been friends with us since, gosh, I was probably like three years old, I think. And we went went over to their place and you know had some dinner, you know, caught up with some old family friends and then I ended up at the, that night I ended up spending for the cause you know, football's going on all day long. So you kinda of plan out your day throughout like, okay, the first football game, the second football game, the third football game. So like first football game I spent mostly at my mom's, second football game I spent at our family friends, and then the third football game I went over to a friend of mine's uh, like kinda of like it was sort of like a Friendsgiving kind of deal, but I wouldn't necessarily give it that label. It was more like a family slash Friendsgiving. So it was like me and a bunch of my friends and then their family kind of invited me over. So it was just kind of just kind of nice to see a, a lot of different people on Thanksgiving. But overall, I had a great Thanksgiving. But how about you, man? It was great. Yeah, I had fun playing the... I had fun watching football and I also went Frisbee golf with my uncle. And we also played some pickleball and that was really fun. That's so, awesome. This golf is always a great time. Yeah. I can tell you that. It's always, especially when you got like the nice fall weather when it's like 55 degrees, just a little bit of a breeze, and you got just enough wind to, to throw that frisbee around. It's a nice day. So who did you have to win the three games on for the football game? So, let's see. It was, it was Lions and Bills. I had the Bills winning that one, although the Lions did look it looked good the last week against the Giants. I mean, Jamal Williams had three touchdowns. So, and the Buffalo Bills have been kind of in a weird spot over the past few weeks. Like, like for example, when how they lost that Vikings game. I mean, that was a devastating game to lose. I mean, the fact that you know Justin Jefferson on fourth and eighteen was able to do his thing and that set him up for the win at the end of the day in overtime. I mean, the Bills just have been looked off. So I, I, I was gonna choose. I chose the Bills for this game. But I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have been shocked if, if the Lions somehow came out and won that game. Um, and then let's see who was the the middle game? Uh, Giants and Cowboys. Oh, the cow. I mean, the Giants have been surprisingly. The New York teams have been looking really good this year. But uh, I was I was going to go with Dallas on this one. But you know, it, it was it was a coin toss for sure. So that that was probably the the more. The more challenging take was trying to get figure out who I wanted to win in the NFC East matchup. It was very, very difficult. But who, who did you have in those two games? Uh, I have my predictions on Snapchat. Let me open that real quick. 
Honestly, it'll take a long time to get down, but I honestly don't remember who I had the first two games, but I think I had the Patriots. The, you, you took the Patriots in that game? The last game, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that, that one was interesting because, you know, Ramondre Stevenson, the running back for the Patriots, had a great week the last week. So it was, I mean, I mean, obviously you can never, you know, count out Bill Belichick and, and that team. But, I mean... You buy them? Yeah, here I have it. I have I had the Bills beating the Lions twenty eight to seventeen. I had I had the close. I mean twenty eight twenty five. Yeah. I had the Giants beating the Cowboys thirty eight to thirty five. Okay. And then I had the Vikings uh sorry, the Vikings demolishing the Patriots. 45 to 17. Ooh, that's a tough one. It was a lot closer game than you would expect, or even I expected. I thought the Vikings were. I mean, like I said earlier, the Bel- the, the Belichick you know team you can never count out, but the Vikings are just that good of a team this year. And so, I mean, they were only within a touchdown length away from winning that football or winning the football game for the Patriots, but. Yeah, and, I guess the Vikings are just that good this year. Yeah, and since I had them scoring 45 points, I had Kirk Cousins passing the ball for four touchdowns. Ooh, how many did he end up getting that game? I don't even remember. Neither do I. I think it was just like one or, one or two maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, for 411 yards I had him. Yeah, but hey, how about those Chiefs though? Yeah. How, how are they looking? I mean, Everybody was saying the AFC West was going to be the toughest division in football, and here we are at the number one, you know, I think at least two games above uh, above Los Angeles. I mean, we're we're looking good this year. I want to hear your thoughts on it, though. Yeah, I mean, our special teams and defense can really improve, but yeah. in other than the t- uh, interception we threw in the end zone last night or yesterday, it was a really good game. Oh, yeah, and I, to, to your point with the special teams, I mean, I think it's about time we get Sky Moore out of the punt returns. Am oh, I right? Yeah. I mean, I like Sky Moore as a weapon. He's a rookie. He's still learning the NFL, and I, I do still have faith in him as a weapon for our offense. But let's just get him as special teams. I, I, I feel like we're just trying to demand him to be a special teams guy, and it's just not working out. I think we have much better talent in special teams than we don't need to put Sky Moore out there. Let him do his thing in the offense, and he'll be just fine. Yeah, but hey, that was a great QB throw by Sky Moore. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did see that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's That was the crazy thing, is that, like, a lot of – it's weird how, like, Andy will always – Andy Reid will always pull out the, the tricks out of the bag against the team that, that always seems to be – like, had a piece missing or something like that, so he's always kind of wanting to mess with them, toy them a little bit. But, but yeah, like, uh, that, that, it's tough to see the Rams, you know, especially after that Super Bowl, Super Bowl victory they had last year and uh, losing a lot of pieces like Odell Beckham Jr., Andrew Whitworth, Von Miller. I mean, it was a tough situation to put, to come into Kansas City, uh, you know, the, the most hostile environment in the NFL, arguably in sports. And to come in there, especially as a rookie quarterback for Bryce Perkins, I mean, that's a tall order, a tall task for anybody, let alone a rookie quarterback who has just started their first NFL game in Kansas City with the Rams who have already dealt with injury issues across the board. Yeah. Well, hey, can I ask you the following interview questions? Yeah, go for it. 
So, what have you been doing since graduation? Since graduation from last year. So let's see. So I graduated in May, I think, and it was like first week of May. And then about a couple weeks after I graduated, I got out of my house in Warrensburg and moved back to my uh, town, my hometown of Peculiar. And then by that time, um, I was able to network with some people uh, over at, uh, at Coffin Stadium for the Royals. And then I ended up getting a position at, with the event presentation team at, at the Royals at Coffin Stadium. So during the season, I was doing anything from replay work, uh, camera work, whether it was on stick or on, on handheld. Uh, I was doing stats work, you know, ball strikes, outs, hits, errors, all that fun stuff. Everything that you see on that video board in center field at Coffin Stadium was produced by the team of the event presentation team at Coffin Stadium. And what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, they think, oh, it's just a scoreboard. You know, not, there's not a lot of people working on it. There, it's like a team of like 20 plus people that operate a lot of a lot of different aspects of that board in the control room. And so like a lot of the things that I learned in the digital media production program at UCM translated right through to the, the live event uh, live event side of things. I know in my emphasis, I was more in broadcasting and, and sports broadcasting and live event, live studio remote and whatnot. But the thing is, like, it, it literally translates so well to just even doing scoreboard operations or like live event operations, like live video board operations. And it, it's, it's awesome. I really didn't think it would translate that well, but it turns out it did. And I'm forever thankful for it. And I'm awesome that I, I got the experience over the four years I went to UCM and literally like right out of the gate, as soon as I graduated, I got my first gig with the Royals and it was awesome. Like I got, I got to have so many cool moments of walking around the stadium and uh, you know, talk, I mean, I, I rarely talk to players. I'm not supposed to. Um, I did have one small little interaction with Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, this season where we were doing something where uh, it was called uh, the charity of, or no, Diamond of Dreams event. It was like a charity event where a bunch of people came in and, you know, they would have dinner on the field and whatnot. And I actually ended up getting a shot of Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, eating a hot dog with his family. And it went to the full, like it went on to the video board and everything, like on to Crown Vision, the big screen center field. And he, he looks at my camera, looks at the video board, realizes he's on there with the hot dog, you know, kind of glances at me. And then uh, eventually what had happened is there was an usher that came by and, and he was like, hey, like Bobby, Bobby wants that, uh, that tape. And I was like, okay, that sounds cool to me. So then I, you know, I radioed upstairs and they were like, yeah, we already got it for him. So they let him know and. That was that was one of the cooler moments I got to have, that's for sure. How do you get in the freelance business? How do I get in the freelance business? So I think the biggest the biggest piece of advice that I can get or I can give is two things. One is networking. Like you just I mean you gotta know people. And at UCM they do a great job of instilling that into your brain like making sure that you know hey you got to know people to know people to get things that you want so it's like they have they had a lot of connections like for example uh with zimmerman productions zimmerman productions i got to do you know monarchs comets mavericks and then through that i met a bunch of cool people who don't do a lot more cooler things uh in, throughout kansas city and so like, i got a network through them which eventually led me to the gig that i got with the royals over the season so I mean, that's the number one thing. And the second thing, and it kind of goes along with it, 
and because I think when people say when people think of freelance, they like think, oh, it's just like they're they're very intimidated by that idea, and so it's like freelance business can be intimidating. But I think the number one piece of advice that I can give for that is just finding comfortability and vulnerability. Because like that's the thing, like in the freelance business, things are going to go wrong. What can go wrong will go wrong, and that's that's the number one thing. Another thing that a lot of people talk about is what can go wrong will go wrong. And so it's also like you're gonna you're going you're going to be in moments where you're gonna make a mistake or you're gonna mess up, but that's okay. It's it's like you learn from that mistake and then you move on from that mistake and then you just keep getting better. You keep growing and you keep you just keep finding ways to get better at your craft. And that's that's the number one thing that is you just have to have to have the mentality of I always want to get better every single day. I want to get better. Even throughout the mistakes that I've made, maybe it was like, oh, I didn't white balance properly. Or, oh, I didn't get my focus set. Okay. Maybe after the show, take some reps and kind of practice your craft and then move on to the next game and then improve for that next game. That's that's the number one piece of advice I can give for freelancing. I know it, it seems intimidating, but once you get into it, you start you know building kind of your network and, and a, a group of people that are in the same business that you are. It's, it's one of the best times that you can ever have. And I've developed some of the greatest friendships that I've, I've, I've had in a long time through freelancing. So I'm never going to stop freelancing because it's just, it's been amazing. Yeah. How many, this, this, the next question might be a bit broad, but how many, mm-hmm. what? Oh, sorry. I just said I was agreeing. Yeah. <laughs> how many credit hours did you need to take to pursuit a DMP degree? Uh, I believe it's 120, 120 hours for a full degree, I think. And hopefully I'm not butchering that number. <laughs> I think it's 120. Uh, so, you, yeah, so it's, so it's like 15, 30, 45, 60. Yeah, it's 120. So you, if you take an hour on average 15 hours a semester and you'll finish within four years, and that's 120 hours. I did my math. <laughs> <laughs> You're testing me with these questions, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, it's sometimes what I got to do. You're keeping, you're keeping me on my toes. That's for real. <laughs> I saw on Twitter that you went on the field at Kauffman Stadium, home of the Kansas City Royals. Have you met any players besides Bobby? Um, Bobby is the only player that I had a quote-unquote interaction with. But, um, but yeah, like I've, I've never actually like, you know, like shook hands with a lot of the players or anything like that. But yeah, like I've been within like two feet of Salvador Perez, Bobby Wood Jr., MJ Melendez, uh, Brady Singer, uh, Zach Grinke. Like even, even like pregame, whenever they're doing their warmup pitches, I'll be getting a pitcher shot, uh, before the pregame for the video board. So I'm literally like on the almost on the mound with these pitchers or with these players getting shots at them. So it's like to say that I met these players isn't exactly correct because like, you know, they don't know my name particularly or anything like that. But, you know, they know my face. They've seen me around. But, uh, but yeah, like I've, I've been very, very close to players, but I've never like shook hands and had a proper, you know, interaction with players, if that makes sense. Yeah. And we'll be back after these messages. People been saying to your friend, get a different face and post 
Resting on their feet, they're super ugly The things they say to them online are cruel and they're not true So tell your friend, I'll stand up for you Don't worry, I know what to do Tell the world I see Know someone who's being bullied online? Send the witness emoji. It looks like an eye in a speech bubble and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone. You'll let the world know it isn't cool and you'll let your friend know you care. Learn more about the witness emoji at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. And we're back here again. I'm joined by Noah Lanson and let's continue the interview. Since, since you're freelance, what events do you work for? Yeah, so I've actually done a lot of different events, especially over this past summer, or really since I graduated. So like from May onwards until this point on November 28th, uh, I've done, so I've done Monarchs. I've done Monarchs baseball. I've done Mavericks hockey. I've done Comets uh, indoor soccer. I've done a trailer fight club boxing event. I'm getting ready to, in the next couple of weeks, doing uh, an FAC event which is the Fighting Alliance Championship, which is an MMA promotion based out of Kansas City. Um, let's see, and then I've done Royals, obviously. The only ones I haven't done yet are Chiefs and Sporting Kansas City. But, you know, hopefully in the near future we'll be able to cross those bridges, especially with, with uh, Sporting. I'm really looking forward to Sporting. Because especially with the, with the FIFA World Cup going on right now, like, I have been, like, really invested in the soccer. So, and it's been a lot of fun, even with comments, too. Being able to film comments has been a lot of fun. So soccer's going to be a lot of fun, but obviously I would love to get into Arrowhead at some point for sure. Yeah, with how good the Chiefs are doing. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I'm talking enough about that. <laughs> do you just do camera or do you do a variety of things? I do a variety of things. I like to think that I'm a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. That, that's what I would say. So it's like I, I do camera work, I've done replay work, uh, I've done stats, uh, I've done color work, audio work. Uh, it's just really wherever they need me. But I'd say the majority of my work, yes, has been through camera. First, camera and replay have been my dominant, but I, I have other experience too. And again, I was able to get all of that experience throughout the four years I was at UCM. And so I'm like, I guess I'm forever thankful for that. And it it gave me the, the experience of what I needed to get into this industry. So that is just super dope, and I, I love it. I, got, I loved it. I was able to go to UCM, have a really dope crew of, of people, and be able to get where I am today, and it's been awesome. Do you ever work with any of our past classmates? Yeah, I've worked, uh, I worked with Tristan Borelli. Uh, I... Trying to think, any, uh, there's other alums that went to UCM, like for example, uh, Wyatt Craven went to UCM, um, who I don't believe, I don't think you've met him. You might have, maybe at Monarchs once or twice, but uh, but uh, other, I haven't seen any other UCM alums quite yet. But I, obviously, I would love to work with them because you know the trailer that we had at UCM was awesome, and I love to work with the crew of people that we had there. So, but hopefully, that'll happen in the near future. 
Have you ever met the broadcasters or any other staff members? Um, with Royals, yes, I have. I've met, let's see, I've met Ryan LeFever, I've met uh, Steve Vidiak, who just retired t- uh, this year. Congratulations to him. Yeah. Uh, and then I've also met, I met the legend a couple of times, uh, Denny Matthews. I met him, I met him in the elevator, I have met him in the lunchroom, uh, I met him just, you know, passing by in the hallway. Yeah, he's... That guy, Denny Matthews, is just an absolute legend. Like I, I, baseball Hall, I believe he's in the Hall of Fame. I'm not, I, I don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure he's in the Hall of Fame. But if not, he should be because of man, he is an absolute Hall of Fame guy. Like knows everything about every sport, not just baseball, and will just just loves to talk with people. He loves the culture of Kansas City, and he's been here for so since our existence, literally. Like he is, he has been our the voice of the Royals since the Royals' first season. Like a lot of people don't know that he's been there for a long time. He's seen a lot of baseball and has seen a lot of sporting events. And boy, oh boy, is it fun to talk his head off about. That. Yeah, he was there for the '85 World Series, the 2015 World Series, the, the 14 World Series. I mean, a the lot nine, of different things. The 1980 World Series, the 2012 All Star Game. Mm-hmm. He's been there for everything, and then yeah. it's, it's remarkable what he's done, and, and still, and still loves what he does, and and that that is literally just looking at his career is just like that. Those are the goals that you want to obtain for your own career, like just to see what he what he's done throughout the past sixty plus years. I mean, it's it's remarkable. It's just it's really astounding, and the fact that I even just had uh, like an elevator moment with him, right. Is, is just, that's one of the moments that will forever live in my head, and I'm just super, super thankful that I got that opportunity. And while we're on the topic of baseball, have you ever met Frank White at the Monarchs? Um, I haven't, I haven't met him at Monarchs, but I'm fairly certain when I was a really, really young kid, uh, I, I met him when I was probably like two or three. But, I mean, I was two or three years old, so I really don't remember it. But I've, I've been told that I've met Frank White. But um, they're, uh, I've talked to the Monarchs' uh, third base coach. Uh, oh, what's his name? I'm blanking on it. You, you, wouldn't know, you, you know the third base coach, yeah? What's his name? Oh, my goodness. I can't think. I'm going to tip my tongue. But regardless, I can't think of his name right now. Neither but, can yeah. I. I, yeah, I talked to him a few times because, you know, with me working third base camp most of the time, uh, you know, he would always come down during breaks and whatnot. So, yeah, he was he was really cool. But I'm trying to think of any other broadcasters. Um, I mean, I met, I met the play-by-play for for, uh, for Monarchs, but only, only in short bursts. Like, he just kind of walked by. But I've, the, the most that I've talked to have been Royals players, or Royals announcers. So I've talked to, like, Ryan LeFever, Benny Matthews, all those guys. But um, n- none of the other ones I've really met so far. Trying to look up the coaches for the Monarchs, seeing if that rings up, seeing if any of the names here, ring a bell. I got my computer right here. Oh, here it is. Uh, we got Joe Calf. But Pietra, oh, it's Bill Sobey. Yeah. Bill Sobey. 
right. Yeah, I actually also met Bill Sobey briefly because I was actually interviewing John Hernandez. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you remember that name, John Hernandez? Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Hernandez, yeah. He's an absolute, like, legend. I mean, especially at Legends Field, no pun intended. But, uh, but yeah, he he was just crushing baseballs the year that I, I did I did my internship with Zimmerman before I graduated. I mean, he was just ripping the baseball. One of the like one of the craziest swings I've ever seen up close and personal. Yeah. Do you see yourself doing this ten years from now? Oh yeah, I I love I love what I do way too much for me to just give it up. Like, I, I, I see myself doing this till I can't walk anymore. Like, I, if I could spend the next 50, 60 years just walking around Kauffman Stadium, Arrowhead, uh, Children's Percy Park, Legends Field, if I could do that for the rest of my life, and even even other stadiums, count me up. I, I, I love the environment. I love, you know, being able to provide the service, you know, especially with camera work. I, I love doing camera work, so it's, like, that much cooler. And the fact that I just get to be in the sports environment that I grew up watching and loving, and the fact that I just get to kind of, I get paid to go, just go walk around Coffin Stadium getting shots of fans or following our host or getting pregame shots of players. Like, I I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like, I, I love it that much. So, yeah, I see myself doing this for 10 years. I would see myself doing this for 100 years if I made it that far, you know. Would it be a goal to either do the camera work for MLB All-Star Games, the Pro Bowl, the Super Bowl, the World like, which, Series? Which one would I love to do? Like, I, I, would I it be a, like, would it be a goal to do one of those games? Absolutely. I would love to do that. I, I think next year my goal, and, I, and hopefully I'll be able to obtain it, knock on wood, uh, is uh, I want to work at the 2023 opening day. That's what I want to do. I've never been to an opening day in my entire life, and I would love to be at, at, at Coffin Stadium for opening day. That would be awesome. But uh, but as far as like like dream broadcasts, I'd like to do uh, a Super Bowl would be cool. You know, Pro Bowl, All Star Games would be absolutely amazing. They'd be a lot of fun. But if if I had if I had one that I would love to do, it would absolutely be the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, easy. Like whether it's whether it's doing it for the broadcast or maybe like in house work for the for the video board or something like that, I, w- I would just love to be in that environment. That that would be a dream come true, absolutely. While we're on the topic of major sports events, I gotta ask: Were you at the twenty twelve All Star Game? I was not, sadly. I think I was probably playing baseball at that time, so I was. Uh, unfortunately, I was not at the All Star Game, but. I do remember watching the Home Run Derby whenever uh, Robinson Cano didn't vote Bob, uh, uh, Billy Butler yeah. for the home, home Run Derby, and everybody in Kansas City was just giving him hell for it. It was it was one of the one of the best one of the best moments I've ever ever <laughs> seen in, in sports because you know how how passionate Kansas City fans can be. So it's like. You know, when the, when they heard that, you know, Billy Butler, Big Breakfast, didn't get put into the home run derby in Kansas City, they were going to let him know. So, it was awesome. Yeah. How long have you wanted this career path? How long? Like, how long have you wanted to be like, 
camera operator? You know, and that's actually a really good question because it's funny you say that because whenever I was probably like six or seven, uh, well, maybe a little bit older. I, I, let's, say, let's say nine or ten. About nine or ten when I really started like to fully like kind of understand watching sports and all that. And I remember I was talking to my mom. I was, I was thinking to myself, I was like, huh, they have, a, you know, like, you know how, like, every few years, Ben, they don't have to, like, upgrade the scoreboard to, like, NBC and CBS for the broadcast. Like, they'll kind of change it up, right? Yeah. I was, I had always wanted to see, even in today's NFL, I would love for them to, like, make a modernized version of the throwback, of the old scoreboards that, like, Fox used to have, CBS used to have. I remember, like, thinking that in my head. I was like, why, like, why couldn't we do that? That'd be so cool. And I remember my mom telling me, she was like, well, maybe you should, you should work in this industry. And, and it sounds totally cliche. And it sounds like I'm making it up. I promise you I'm not. But that was literally like what kind of got me to thinking of like, huh, maybe I want to start doing some media stuff. And then I started getting more involved in like computer classes when I was younger. And then I started, I think I started learning like Final Cut when I was like 13, probably 13 or 14. And then eventually it just kind of, kind of blew up and then it got where I am now and but yeah, I've, I've been wanting to do be involved with just sports in general and in any way, shape, or form since I was a kid, for sure. Like I've I've always wanted to do that. So the fact that I get to do it with broadcasting and camera work and whatnot is just awesome. I, I love it. Do you think the MIAA tournament kind of helped you out with that career path? Oh yeah, doing uh doing the the, uh, the live event stuff. Yeah, I mean that's a, a lot of people don't. I mean. When they come into digital media production, especially with live studio remote, they think TV, they think the news, they think TV, you know, sports, whatever. But a lot of, say, like, for example, with a cable dominant arena, they have a ton of different events going on there that also involve a video board. So it's like they could have a concert, they could have a game, they could have, you know, uh, uh, a public event where it's like maybe like, like a job fair, for example, and they would be utilizing the video board for certain information for that event. So it's like, there's a lot, it's, there's a lot more work that, that needs to be done outside of the broadcasting world. And it's still like, when I, that's one of the, the things I realized when I got to the Royals gig, I was like, wow, like it's not just TV stuff. It's not just, you know, doing, you know, live TV for Valley or for Fox sports. It's like these stadiums have in, in-house video boards that people need, they need switchers, they need switcher operators, they need TVs. They need directors, they need producers, they need replay operators. They need all sorts of the same positions that a, like a broadcast trailer would have, but it's for the in-house production. So it's like, there's a lot more jobs out there than people realize. I mean, I know it's it's kind of a hard field to get in, for sure. And, you know, I guess, like I said earlier, networking is the number one thing that you can do to get into this industry. But there's a lot more positions than I think a lot of people realize in this industry. So... Whether it's with broadcasting TV or doing in, in, in-house video board stuff, there are things that need to be done. And we're going to cut it right there because I'm reaching 30 minutes. Thank you all for tuning in and thanks to Noah for being here. Here for 30 Minutes of Thrive here on UCM The Beat. Have a good day. Did you know that the University of Central Missouri has been leading innovation for nearly 150 years? With more accreditations and more qualified faculty members, our commitment to academic success is unparalleled. And we make sure every student receives the support they need to graduate on time and with less debt. 
So whatever opportunity you're looking for, make your impact sooner at UCM. With campuses located in Warrensburg, Lee Summit, and online. Find out more about UCM and the power of opportunity in action at ucmo.edu.